We believe intentionality exists. We are two millennial moms who are the first to admit our imperfections. We are linking arms, opening the conversation about our struggles to find balance. What if there is more to simplicity than just minimalism or the number of items in your cabinet? What if the measuring stick goes beyond the surface of materialism? What if simplicity is found deep within intentionality? Narrowing your focus to what really matters. Pursuing the right things, fleeing the dangerous things, to delight in the finest of things. In a generation saturated with instant gratification, screens, and distracted relationships, simplicity beckons. So the other day, my kids were outside fighting over a water bottle, like a clear plastic water bottle, you know? Yeah, like the cheap plastic. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And um, there was actually two of them, and they looked like they had the same amount of water in them, but they were fighting over, they each wanted the same one. Um, she, <laughs> she like grabbed it and like was pointing at the letters on the side, and it said Ozarka, and she was like, Mary. <laughs> Look right here. This has my name and this is mine. And then she said something like W-K-L-L-O, Mary. And Cannon, who does know his letters, was kind of like, um, that's not how you spell Mary. <laughs> good try. Good try. Yeah. Oh, sweet kids. Yeah. This is, I mean, <laughs> mostly sweet. Right. In moments. <laughs> creative maybe but anyway it was one of those things where I was just watching it and I was like are you serious right now did also. you step in at all or you just let it play yeah out? I ended up dramatically throwing it away in the trash <laughs> and then they started fighting over the one that they didn't want <laughs> yes so I very dramatically threw that one away too and no one had any water bottles and I felt a little guilty for killing the environment wasting water bottles but a point needed to be made. So I love that. <laughs> We're talking about parenting because I'm obviously an expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm right there with you. I, the topic of parenting is just intimidating when I think of that. And I think when I break down parenting, I always want to stress that I'm not the expert and every child is different. Like for me, parenting feels so one way and I know it's because I only have one kid. Like I'm sure you feel the ebb and flow of parenting because you have multiple children and like you can see the different personalities. But I think it's really important when you think of parenting, like everyone's different, every family's different. So like mm -hmm. take what you want and drop away the rest. I do think though that we can learn a lot from other people's perspectives on it. Because so often I'll hear people describing a situation or the way they handled something. And like, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I would have never thought to try that. I completely then, agree. A lot yeah. of the successes I have had with parenting have been from what I've either seen other people do or I've heard other people take yeah. on. And a lot of it's just, you know, it might work one day and it might not work the next, but you just got to try and get creative. Yeah. So I know for me, I'm wanting to approach this from the standpoint of I am in no way anywhere near an expert, but I do have my own unique perspective that maybe someone could pull things from that might be helpful or they might hear and be like, oh, oh no, I'm not doing that. 
yeah, maybe I can just share kind of things that have helped and worked and things that haven't. And that's great. So with that, let's start at the very beginning. So what is some type of advice or perspective you would share maybe to a new parent or someone that has just recently entered into parenthood? So the very first thing that comes to mind for me is that I think it's very important to know that you can trust your instincts more than you even think you'll be able to or know you'll be able to. Because there are things that I had no idea what to do until I was literally holding my son in my arms for the first time. And it, then it, there's just some things that just kind of clicked. And I think the real struggle in that was not so much that I didn't know what to do. It was me trusting that I knew what to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, the confidence to do it. Yeah, I think you kind of have to lean into the fact that there is just some instinctual stuff that just sort of clicks, or at least it did for me. I don't think I'm unique in that. I know that there's definitely like a deer in the headlights feeling as well, you know, and I, I did feel that, but there were some things that were easier than I thought they were going to be. And I think that might be in part because people are so doom and gloom about it. Like while you're pregnant, like, you know, your life's going to be over and it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. And just all the things that people say. So I think sometimes just in that nervousness that you're already feeling and the anticipation of not knowing what it's going to be like, I feel like that can kind of set you up to fail in a way, you know? Yeah. I feel like with this doom and gloom mentality about it, it's like all of the voices I know for me, and I think especially millennial parents, they just feel amplified because social media is so big and Pinterest is big. And there's all these articles about how to change a diaper this way versus this type of diaper versus breastfeeding or formula. And it's just all these opinions and information. It's almost like we have this information overload and we're like trying to take it all in. Like it's coming from a fire hydrant. But really there is like this internal instinct that, you know, your baby, you know, like Mm -hmm. I feel like for a new parent, I wish I could have told myself to Google less and stop reading all of the books and just trust that you're going to know what to do. And part of having a newborn is learning along the way. You know, we always joke that we were so thankful that we don't give birth to a teenager because I can tell you right now, I know nothing about how to parent a teenager, Right. but I trust that as I'm growing with my child, I'll be able to grow and, you know, be able to address that when the time comes. Yeah. And parenting like an infant starts out from a place of you don't have to parent at all. You just have to love them and care for them and like that area of decision-making, you know, you have a good nine to 10 months before you even have to tap into that at all. So if someone is expecting their first baby, I would just say like, it starts out easy, (laughs) not easy, easy, but easier than um, I can imagine like jumping in and parenting, like even like a four-year-old or a two-year-old, you know, I think it's for me in my experience, it's easy to kind of build on that. I know that there are unique situations where people are asked to take that on. And I have so much respect for that because I have really valued just being able to just love them and just care for them and just focus on 
um, <laughs> keeping them alive and not like molding them into a good person yet. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's all about the like physical needs at first before yes. you get to the heart needs. And it really does take time, which is great because I feel like that's like the period of grace that you need as you're just adjusting to all of these new things before you have to worry about the heart issues on top of it. Yes. What about you? What are your best pieces of advice for like a new mom or new parents? Well, I think you've covered a lot of them. I know one thing for me that I struggled with at the beginning. So when we had our son, three months later, we moved across the country. So even during my pregnancy, we were getting the house ready for the market and trying to pack. And it just was like this constant period of transition and not knowing where we we're going to live. And with the uncertainty, I wish I would have done a better job of, with the uncertainty, I wish I would have done a better job of establishing a routine or schedule from an mm. earlier standpoint. Because a lot of those days just felt so hazy and unknown. And some of that is just being a new mother. But I, wasn't prepared for the shock of all of a sudden being home with this child. And it's like the time goes by really quickly. And then at the same time, it just drags throughout mm -hmm. the day. And so I think it would have been a little bit healthier for me if I would have established some routines for myself. I know one thing we did was establish a nighttime routine for our son from like literally the first night in the hospital. And that was some advice that we had heard from a friend and it worked really well for us of just doing the same bath nighttime routine from day one. And then bedtime has always just been an easy thing for us. It's never been mm. a battle. And I think a lot of it is, even though he was an infant and had no idea what was going on, it almost helped train us as parents <laughs> just to stay consistent. And this is what we do yeah. every night. And then slowly as he grew up with us, he just came to expect it. So that, I mean, routine and schedule, even though it's a fine balance because on the flip side, I think mothers can get too tied down to the schedule and they feel like they have to nap every, at a certain time and feed yeah. and this, this, this. And we did not do that at all. I mean, with moving across country, we had no schedule and it made for a very flexible, easygoing baby. So maybe more just in the routine and consistency with yourself of trying to get a shower in every day and trying to have time just to breathe alone and maybe put on a fresh change of clothes and just being okay with all the newness around you. So one thing that I can remember from just having newborns is that even little things like making sure you get outside to walk around the block, you know, just little things like that can just completely change the way a day feels you kind of go into like a weird hibernation mode that just sort of takes over. You know, you're kind of in that maternity leave. You're kind of hunkering down. It's a weird sort of survival mode type thing kind of comes into play. So I think just remembering that things like outdoors, if you need something from the grocery store, oftentimes you're ready to come back. At least from my experience, I was ready to come back even after like 25 minutes. You know, just having that space was really healthy for me. That's great. Another really quick thing that I feel like is important with babies, and this definitely ties into like simplicity, is babies do not need near as much gear as everyone tells you they do. Preach. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like it is absolutely possible to have too much baby clothes. 
you wonder why you spend your whole life doing laundry. It's because there's too much. And I know it's, it's hard to navigate that because number one, people love to gift you things, which is awesome. It's fun to buy things, which is also awesome. And then if you're like me, you're going to get a lot of hand-me-downs from people, like literally bins full of clothes, which is also awesome. But one thing that I've learned from having my son six years ago to having my newest daughter just this last January was that all of those things are really good, positive things, but you do have to like go in and edit out and take what you're going to use and then don't feel guilty for passing along what you don't use because it can get to be too much and the maintenance of it can eat you alive. And just the cost too, because they grow out of clothes so quickly to think of it like kids clothes has an expiration date on it and you're only going to get to use it for so long. So make sure that it's, it's something that's really serving its purpose because you can literally use an outfit like twice and then it can get at the bottom of a hamper or the bottom of the diaper bag and it's, it's not being used and it could be better used by someone else somewhere else. Like I don't think everyone's lifestyle is going to need a fancy stroller. Maybe when you go on a walk, you just strap that baby on. Like, I don't think that that's a must have. It is a must have for certain people with certain lifestyles, but I think it really pays to like objectively look at your life and what it looks like and don't get things just to have them and don't get things just because people say you should have that. One of the most helpful things for me was just asking people that already had kids, what was your absolute favorite baby item? And like, I learned some of my favorites from that, like a sleep sack. A sleep sack is a must have for me. I use my sleep sack every single night, all the way from when they're infants to when they're like 15 months old, you know, things like that, that really just are so, so useful. And I would tell anyone that, and I would gift a sleep sack because it's just so useful. I can think of so many stressful moments that shouldn't have been stressful, but it was mainly because I couldn't figure out the gear I had. I couldn't either figure out how to get the wrap to work while I was holding the baby. And it's just like, you put all this pressure on yourself to use it when maybe in fact you don't need it to begin with. Right. Yeah. That's a great one. So what are some parenting maybe wins that you've experienced and maybe some parenting fails that you've experienced? Oh, so when I think of parenting fails for us, the first thing that comes to mind is um, potty training. Now, it's not, it was not a parenting fail because we have two potty trained older children. <laughs> I just want to be clear on that. But I just think our approach to it was, was not the best because I just think we put way too much pressure on ourselves for them to get it before they were really ready. So what I've learned in that process is just to gently guide them, but not put unrealistic pressure on them for their personality and for the stage that they're in, because it's not productive for anybody. Like you're going to tear your hair out and you're going to get frustrated and they're not going to understand why, you know, they're not going to understand what you're wanting from them. So that's probably the one that comes to mind. And I'm just hoping that our third time around, you know, we finally kind of learned how to navigate that better because literally... I know that this is later than a lot of kids, but when both of my kids, almost the week they turned four, they like got it 100%. And they were, you know, pretty much potty trained up until that point. 
but there was still a lot of accidents and just a lot of frustration, but it's like literally something clicked and they had it. I just wish I could have seen the finish line and not gotten so bogged down with worrying that like they weren't going to get it or I don't know, just a lot of unnecessary frustration. What about for you? You know, it's funny you mentioned that because the biggest fail, I mean, there are lots of failures I can think of, but the one that came to mind right away was with potty training for us too. (laughs) And specifically we potty trained pretty young. I would say when we started doing lots of outdoor things with him. So camping and going on trips and hiking, and we just do a lot of stuff outdoors as a family to begin with. And so as he started to click with potty training, we immediately were like, oh, great. Now when we go hiking, he can just do everything outside and this is going to be great and fine and easy and dandy. And he got it right away outside. Like he thought it was the coolest thing in the world to be able to go potty in the great outdoors. Mm -hmm. But then that really came and bit us because now I have to be careful or he'll just like rip off his pants and go potty, (laughs) you know, like, and it's, it's not necessarily inside the house. Like he's got that down. He knows he has to go use the actual potty, but if he's outside anywhere and he has to go, he'll just make it happen. And so pretty quickly after we had gotten back from our camping trip, I was talking with a neighbor and all of a sudden she's like, uh, I think your son might need help. And I look back and he's just on our front yard, like in front of the road, just like peeing in front of everyone and had to run up and help him. And so that's like one very specific instance. But uh-huh. I agree with you that there is a lot of pressure for potty training and different ways to do it. And once again, so much advice and books and things that it's easy to get wrapped up. And then all of a sudden you can't figure out how to get yourself out of the hole you just dug. And I think that's what happened with going outside. We just like put our foot in our mouths by showing him too early at too young of an age. Mm. What about a win for you? I think we have always had the mentality with our son to let him try something and then see if he's ready for it or not. So we've tried to kind of back away and not look at so much the milestones of where should a child be or this is what they should be learning now or vice versa and more just kind of take their cues on what they're interested in or what maybe he we think he might be ready for and so we've had a lot of fails with that because (laughs) there's just been things that he hasn't been ready for so with potty training um he potty trained before too but i had started like way early on determined he was going to be one of the kids that potty train like, you know, a a year and a half year. And I quickly realized, you know, Oh, this is not like the time for it. And so I just would wait every couple months and then revisit it. And I think that let us kind of start to see when maybe he was ready for it. Um, And that's also helped us just that kind of motto of just see where he's at and maybe what he's capable of learning. He was really behind on like the physical milestones as a baby, like sitting up and rolling and all of that. He just, I mean, was behind. He was kind of a bump on a log. He just didn't care to do any of those things. And I think maybe that's when we realized, you know, these milestones are here in place and they're good. And I do think you need to pay some attention to them, but I think it's easy as parents to get wrapped up in comparing your child to them and comparing your child to others. And so once we took that mentality away, I just feel like it's freed our parenting overall. And like 
our um, mindset of what we teach him and what we show him. And, you know, there's been times that he's really surprised us and he's been able to handle things that were like, whoa, you're only two and, you know, you can do this. That's so neat. And then on the flip side, we've given him things and it's like, oh, okay, you're maybe you're not quite ready for that yet. So we'll try again in a couple months and see if you're there. And so I think, I mean, it's not a specific win per se, but I think just that mentality and embracing just the freedom to remove that pressure of trying to compare and have milestones. And it's, you can put so much stress on that. Once we took that away, it just became fun to figure out where he was at as a person. Yeah. That's so good. And one thing that just along that same vein that I have observed with my kids is that if they are allowed to come to the realization on their own, and I'm saying that with air quotes because, you know, sometimes you're guiding and directing the realization, um, but if they're allowed to kind of discover it on their own, uh, I think there's a lot more growth for them um, and achievement for them. And I think they're just going to get it a little better than if they're feeling pressured or forced or manipulated or like there's some sort of an expectation that we're trying to hold them to that maybe just isn't, they're just not there yet. And that's okay. It's okay. And we live in such a time where comparison is so easy because you see some mom posting about how her 15 month old is hundred percent potty trained. And you're thinking, uh, my three-year-old is really struggling. Right. You know, right. And I think it's so good to know that they'll surprise you. You know, they, they might be way ready before you ever dreamed possible. And so it's that fine balance of figuring out how to challenge them and maybe just test the waters to see, like kind of open the door a little bit. And then if they're not ready, that's fine. Close the door and like move on, like know that it'll come later, but it's this whole ebb and flow of being able to let them see that they're maybe capable and then also being very open when maybe it doesn't come as fast as you would like. Yes. What were some parenting wins for you? Chase and I were talking about this um, before we we recorded and he said, oh, you have to do this one because he thinks it's hilarious. And really he's proud of himself because he was sort of the, the motivator behind this. But anyway, both of my older kids were avid thumb suckers from like six weeks old on like the worst would not take a passy. It did not matter. Like we could not have steered it any other direction. They were thumb suckers. And I don't know anyone that has a kid that's a thumb sucker knows that they catch every bug because, (sighs) you know, they touch everything and their thumb goes in their mouth. And so anyway, right before my son turned four, my husband told him that, and it was just one of those things he kind of said offhand. He was just going to try it because we tried everything. He had said, if you still suck your thumb after you turn four, you're going to get teeth bugs. <laughs> he just kind of said it offhand, like this is what's going to happen. And I kid you not, from that day on, never again. It worked. It 100% worked. Such a good example of, you know, you don't know until you try. Like he just threw that out there and it worked. I love that. Yeah. And what's really funny is that um, Chase decided he was going to try it with Mary too. So she turned four um, in April. So he told her the same thing. And we were like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I kid you not. The day she turned four, cold turkey. 
like never again. He could write a book and make so much money on that. Just from that one phrase. I love that. That worked for both of them. So she actually had a little bit of added incentive because just around that time, they happened to find a scorpion in the backyard. Oh, goodness. And he said something to her like, huh, I wonder if that's what a teeth bug looks like. So can you even imagine? That is great. Chase wins a point for that one. Yeah. He would say two points because he did cure them both. So how has simplicity and intentionality impacted how you view your parenting? So I think along with the milestones and removing that pressure, we've also tried to narrow in to what Graham really enjoys and just run with it. So wherever he's at, whatever he's interested in, we try to just really pursue kind of as a whole family. So if we're in a fire truck phase, we're in a fire truck phase and it's learning all the ins and outs of it, but just being intentional of letting him lead with his interest and not trying to force where we think he should be and maybe what he should be interested in. That has really helped us with the intentionality part of it. I think simplicity and just getting down to the root, even of childhood, it has been good for us to remember and just see that he does not, honestly, he does not care about the fancy gadgets or toys. Like, Whenever we get so excited to give him those, he maybe plays with them for a day or two and then it's like just thrown aside. Like the things he loves are the things he can be creative with and just play Mm -hmm. with. And honestly, normally that is a box or a bag or a pack of markers or a shovel in a bucket in the backyard. Like it really comes down to just the things that we loved during childhood. Normally he loves too. And it's just those basic, simple, everyday fun kid things. Yeah. How has it impacted your view? So very similar to kind of what you were saying. I think that one of the things that, that Chase and I hold as most important is that if they get anything out of their upbringing, we just want them to know that we love them and that Jesus loves them. And I don't think you can tell them either of those things too many times. Like not at all. We tell them 12 times a day, Hey, we love you. And we tell them, you know, Jesus loves you. And I want them to see that, like, we aren't perfect, but that, you know, we're all in on our faith and that we're all in on on following God and what He has for us and where He has us. I just want them to feel like we truly, earnestly, honestly celebrate who they are, who they are at the core of their being and who God's created them to be. And that there's no pressure as far as achievement. I would love for them to be hard workers at whatever they do. I want them to strive for excellence, but I don't want to dictate what that is or what that looks like for them. And I really think the main way that I can teach them that is to model it and that hopefully they can see that any success that we have, you know, just comes from, from working hard and doing our best. But, but really, I just, I want to celebrate who they are and the stages that they're in. And I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it wishing for the next season or anticipating things to get easier because they're not going to get easier. <laughs> like there's always going to be something because I had so much anxiety when I was pregnant. Like once I have the baby, I won't have to worry anymore. And then it was, oh, like once they're past like the danger of SIDS, I won't have to worry anymore. You know, and then it was, oh, well, once they're past the phase of like choking on something, I won't have to worry anymore. And then it was, oh, well, once they, <laughs> they're past the age where they're going to run out in the street, you know, I won't have to worry anymore. I mean, it's just, it's going to 
keep evolving. And I just, I've learned and am learning all the time that I have to just let go and do my best, but just to give them to God and just do what I can do to really just bring them up in him and to know him because there's nothing, there's really nothing more I can ask for. I think a lot of that is accomplished when you can pray behind the door and you just give up your children to God through prayer. And it's the constant praying throughout the day and just that constant reminder of them knowing and acknowledging who you are. And they see that of who you are as a core and they see what you're modeling and how you're acting. And that's ultimately what they're going to pick up. So that's so good. And they will. I think if if they see it and it's genuine, they're going to pick it up. And the stress of like, we want them to be good people. We want them to not make bad choices. You know, like Chase and I really lean into um, that verse in the Bible where it says, bring them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. You have to lean into that. And you have to know that phases and stages are not the end of the story. And it doesn't mean you failed. It doesn't mean that um, it's all going to end in tears because God's in the beginning of the story, the middle of the story, and the end of the story. And my hope is that we just point them towards Him because that's what we want the most for them. Oh, that's so good. I could talk with you all night about this. I think parenting (laughs) is such a broad topic that, like you said at the beginning, it's so much of just sharing our hearts and where we're at and what we can learn from each other. And no, I've learned a lot from you tonight. And maybe this will have to be something we address later on down the road because it's something that's always changing. And I know for me, it might work one day how I do something. And then the next day, it's totally different. Yeah, so true. Like it's an ever evolving process. And like we've talked about with, you know, striving for simplicity and balance and all these things, we're not going to achieve it completely this side of heaven. But I think that's really the beauty of it is that we're always learning. We're always growing. We're always stretching and God is stretching us. And I think sometimes in those times where it feels really hard and you feel like you're in a valley, God is stretching you. And um, I'm just so thankful for my kids. I'm so thankful for who they are. And I just, I'm so thankful that God entrusted them to me and that, you know, I get to be a part of their story. And what a joy it is to be a mom. 